0: What's up in War Eagle, everybody? It's your man, Ike Jones. We are back here on the Auburn Express Mike and Memes podcast, but you know how we do it. We got to substitute me, Ike Jones, in here. Today, we're talking about, why is this, is, is, is this working? We'll talk about that a little bit more right here. Brandy Mack, Auburn Memes, right here, the Auburn Express. You're listening to the Auburn Express. powered
1: by
0: The Wall All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Memes Randy, how are we feeling today? Means I know you're not 100 percent but uh hopefully you'll be feeling better. Everybody, uh make sure that you uh, put a tea leaf in the air for,
1: for our guy names. Hopefully he's feeling better. So <laughs> overall, y'all feeling all right. Yeah, we got a bad stomach virus right now. Appreciate the uh the goodwill wishes. That means a lot. But uh, you know, aside from that, uh, the 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 Auburn recruiting momentum is getting me through it. Y'all can probably hear it in my voice or not hundred percent, but the good news is is the coaches and the boys down the plains they're running at like 120 percent right now I mean I think between the time when we said hey we're going to start this podcast sending it links coordinating times I think Auburn's landed like two recruits just in that time period so great momentum I think this is the momentum everybody was really hoping for and it's 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 happening now before our eyes yeah Randy how you feeling about everything
2: yeah I'm excited from what we've seen, kind of the last two years to now, obviously it's a lot different. So it's nice for Auburn to get back to being Auburn.
0: <laughs> so here's the question, though: Why is it? What's what's the what's the reason why this is happening right now? Can can we put a, I don't know, some sort of blueprint together to say this is the reason why Auburn is being more successful right now under Coach Hugh Free, specifically in the recruiting standpoint, um, because. You know, I've seen it parodied multiple times over social media. What exactly did Brian Harson do for two years? Or Hugh Freeze has done more in two weeks than Brian Harson did in two years. Like, is this an accurate statement? Um, is it more activity? Like, what what are, what are you guys feeling about this? I'll start with you, Brandy. What are your thoughts on um, just a retrospective of why it feels like it's going better right now?
2: Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with Brian Harson and where he came from and who he is. So. Whenever he came to Auburn, everybody had to Google his name for the most part. Nobody knew who he was, which means that the recruits that we were also going after didn't know who he was more than likely because our recruiting hotbeds are Alabama and Georgia and Florida. So a lot of those high school recruits had no idea who Brian Harson was. On top of that, he didn't really have any experience recruiting in the South, specifically the Southeast and in the SEC. So I think, you know, those two things combined, he already was at a disadvantage when it came to recruiting. And so I I would say like outside of those two things, um, differences now are our NIL collective is a lot more organized and set up the way that it should have been from the beginning, which is kind of understandable though, considering, you know, it was new and we had to work out all the kinks, make sure from a compliance standpoint, we were doing things the right way. Um, and then we did just open up our new football only facility. So those things I think are working to uh, freeze in his staff's advantage right now, and that's um something that Brian Harson and his staff never had. But at the same time, there is still no excuse for the lack of recruiting that was occurring whenever Harson and his his staff were on the planes,
0: yeah. I mean, I think that there is some credence to that the name recognition piece and um just having the cachet of Well, specifically of being an offensive guy and the recent success that he had being coach freeze at Liberty, um, and people feeling like, oh, yeah, that's an offense that I can go and play in, you know. Um, And, you know, there's something to a name, right? There's something to somebody not having to, as you said, Brandy, Google your name to figure out, okay, who is this guy? What has he done? Oh, okay, he's not that bad a coach, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to lie. I had heard of Brian Harson before, but if you, Really, what I knew about Brian Harson was he was the offensive coordinator during the Boise play that, you know, against Oklahoma. Like that's re- I hadn't paid attention to coach Brian Harson. I just knew Boise was winning games up there in their area and they seemed like a decent team. But I didn't know a lot about it before he became the coach of Auburn University. And his track record looked good. Like on paper, he looked like a good coach. But I, like a lot of recruits, probably had to be like, who is this dude? And do I want to play for him, right? So to your point. Memes, how do you feel about like what's what's gone right for Coach Hugh Freeze,
1: contrasting what went wrong for Coach Harson a little bit? Yeah, and I'll even zoom that out a little bit further. Is I think it even goes past Harson with Gus's uh, management of the roster the last few years he was here and just the recruiting momentum he had before he was inevitably let go. And uh, we had talked about this uh, off the mic uh, maybe a week or so ago. Now just zooming in at the uh I believe it was the 2020 class for Gus Melzon, and it seems just like almost everybody in that class is excuse me, it was the um I think it was the 2021 class. It was the class with D. Davis in it. And almost every single person from that class is gone. And you can even look back at the 20 uh 20 class and kind of a similar story there. And it was just they were very lopsided on positions. A lot of strikeouts for guys that recruited high, so as far as the national rankings, they seemed good. But as far as just those guys getting meaningful minutes on the field, it just wasn't really – was not translating well at all. Right. So you take all that, and then you spin on with what Harson has to inherit during COVID. You have to take on the fact that NIL was not rolling like it is right now. And just overall – from the outside looking in just a borderline just inept way of managing the recruiting i guess the the recruiting process as a whole or that came to yeah. what the coaches were doing with the support staff, the recruiting staff et cetera et cetera and it's just the proof lies in the results and what ended up happening and this is even before February incident happened, stuff wasn't rolling how it needed to go, and every the big meltdown came after. Not getting a single player on National Signing Day, which to me was, and I think to everybody listening, was borderline just inexcusable. And just the fact that it was like, even if you got some three stars and just tried to roll the dice, you had plenty of scholarships left to do that. Right? There was nothing there. And then it just led the fire of every coach in the SEC just saying, hey, you know what? No need to play for that guy. He's not going to be the coach in 2023, which inevitably they were correct there. And there was a a family member of a 2024 prospect that said that uh, this particular player really liked Auburn, really liked the coaches. But every other SEC coach that this particular player had spoken to was telling them that's the same thing. Like, hey, don't get attached to them. Don't play for them. It's a a mess there. They're going to have massive turnover there. And that's what all these recruits were getting told from all these different schools. So, of course, that was just sitting there. And, I mean, that was just a cloud that Harson's staff could not shake off. And so now... Fast forward to what Hugh Freeze is at, you don't have that. You don't have that problem anymore. Right. And what Harson didn't do, and like I said, how much of this was just their lackadaisical approach to recruiting, or how much of it was just the trying to get adjusted with everything that was going on during COVID, whatever excuses, reasons out the door doesn't matter, didn't get done. Hugh Freeze is doing the right thing and saying, we've got to come in here with a bang. We've got to start strong. We've got to let everybody know what we're doing, what we're building, and we got to do it right out of the gate. And frankly, I mean, that just didn't happen before. Yeah. And so I think where Auburn is performing right now is probably a safe standard to what Auburn should be. And it's just bad that we've been in such, such a pit, like I said, starting out with where Gus was, and then we're really harsh and put us to where what seemingly should just be like normal Auburn recruiting behavior just seems like this awesome, awesome thing because right. of how bad it had been for so long. And just in the last few days, I mean, I think Auburn... With some of the Harson decommits once he was let go, went from somewhere in the mid 40s. And after all these guys that they've snagged today, Auburn has jumped up to on on three and twenty four seven twenty one. And then on uh, rivals, they're ranked at twenty three nationally. And with some of the momentum that they got rolling, I mean, they could easily jump top twenty, maybe even knocking the door, getting close to top fifteen. Because Auburn right now has eighteen guys. In this class, and that's not factoring in any of the transfers either, it was between high school kids and JUCO. So the momentum is pretty undeniable at this point. Now you can make the argument of the blue chip aspect because I mean that was one thing that you gotta give Harson some credit for is the guys he was getting, the quality was good, there was just no quantity. And I mean, I would say right. Hugh Freeze is getting a lot gotten a lot more three stars. Consensus three stars than um, Harson was getting, but at this point, I think everybody's just said just get bodies in there, and you might strike out on some, but if you can evaluate them good, and obviously time will tell if that's right. They're at least just moving in the right direction with recruiting, and then the most important thing that Hugh Freeze is getting that Harson Norgus got was positions of need, and I think that was one thing that was sure. massively, massively uh, challenging for a lot of people just sitting there wanting to bang your head against the walls, like where, where are edge guys that we're targeting? Where are our linemen, offensive linemen we're targeting? That's awesome that we've got, you know, 16 safeties in this class, but could we at least get a tackle? And, I mean, it just, it, it didn't have to be very football savvy to kind of scratch your head and know, like, that's a problem. And like I said, that's been dating back before 2020 with Gus, of just not having right. a good balance position need. And what have we seen that he's gotten lately? Edge rushers, linemen. Yep, that's been a big thing. Brandy, you wanted to jump in. What you got?
2: Yeah, so two things. One, um, going back to the Harson piece of this, um, a story came out about how Harson traveled all the way to Idaho and sat in a family's house for a tight end for hours and he still wasn't able to land that tight end, which would have been a great get. Mm-hmm. And kind of in retrospect, you look back and say, well, if he was able to travel all the way out to Idaho to go recruit this tight end while he was at Auburn but wasn't willing to travel 45 minutes down the road on a consistent basis to recruit Quinchon Judkins, you kind of sit back and wonder where were his priorities at when it came to recruiting. And it also makes you wonder what were his analyst priorities at because one of the recruiting aspects is there are analysts on staff at every major program that kind of targets the guys that they feel would be good fits based on film that they're watching from their high school. So you know, I think it could have been a combination of things too. So where his priorities were standing, and then also just the analyst staff behind him has as well. You kind of have to question, you know, were they what Harson needed at the time too? Um, and then another thing, circling back to memes touched on kind of the end of Gus's tenure and what that looked like from a recruiting standpoint. And whenever I was a student, I was a Tigerette under Gus's staff, actually. And I was a Tigerette for three years and I vividly remember all three years, Gus giving the exact same speech to all the recruits and all of their families. And he almost always basically said the same thing of, you know, I believe Auburn's going to be in their next, you know, basically in the, the best years coming up in the next five years or whatever it was. And he would always reference Cam Newton. At that point, it was like 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, that time period. And Cam had been well gone at that point and his MVP season had already happened in the NFL. And it almost made you wonder, was Gus kind of stuck more in the past instead of looking towards the future? I always kind of felt like he never adapted from a recruiting standpoint, but his support staff was always putting in the work. And I think that really held him kind of almost like his support staff almost performed a lot better than he did when it came to recruiting. And I feel like I I got to see that firsthand. So just a little bit of um, firsthand experience there. So,
0: yeah, I I think that, so one of the things that that you both brought up is the um, kind of the structure of how things work, right. And, And how it's been broken for a while, even under coach Malzahn evaluating Who is a good fit? I think was a problem in the Malzahn staff of figuring out who were the guys that were going to be both an athletic and a culture fit. Because you see how many guys they brought in; they were bringing in top-rated recruits, but guys that didn't fit the program to a degree where they were going to see the field or be productive when they got to the field because they just weren't fits for what they were trying to get done. Um, But then you talk about the Harson staff and analysts. This is the thing that I've harped on with Coach Harson is I think I still think right now that. Brian Harson is a good football coach. I just don't think he understood the urgency necessary to be an SEC football coach. You don't have time. You don't have a lot of patience from people who make decisions. You need to come in and start making changes and being effective immediately and stop trying to let me slow roll this program out. But one of the things that I wanted to jump back to that I hadn't really thought about specifically, but is an interesting thought is that And this is something that a lot of people who were very adamantly against uh, Coach Malzahn being fired when he got fired is the compounding impact of lack of recognition of who Coach Harson was and COVID, right? Like you're trying to implement – a like it's hard to just be a first-year coach, period, in the SEC. But being a first-year coach without name recognition in an era where you can't really have face-to-face contact with people is almost damning, right? Like I don't even know how – like it's amazing – we were able to get out to a six and two start that season considering (laughs) all of those things. Um, But yeah, I think the COVID year because of who coach Harson was in the eyes of recruits and in the eyes of players as an unknown entity made it that much more difficult for him to be able to come in here and be successful in year one.
2: Yeah. And I think to add to that too, something that we know that Hugh Freeze definitely has because he has SEC experience are connections with high school coaches and we've seen time after time again, high school coaches kind of come out and say, I've never spoken to Brian Harson before, right. and that's a problem. So I think he also just didn't understand the importance of those kind of relationships when it came to recruiting. And I don't know if that's necessarily, you know, his fault or somebody else's fault, but he just, I don't think he, I think he was just in over his head from the very beginning.
0: Yeah, the recruiting landscape of what it is for Auburn University in the middle of the SEC is going to be drastically different, right? So. You when you are the big dog in the conference, you might not necessarily have to have the same sort of regiment necessary to go out there and compete when it comes to recruiting, right? And and mm-hmm. this is something that when we talked to Josh Pate, he said that he was hearing from people around the league is that people felt like Coach Brian Harson was great at X and O's guy, but he just didn't get it when it came to recruiting. He felt like he could take anybody and turn them into, you know, uh, you know, he could take a two-star and make them play like a five star. So him having to go out there and go get five stars wasn't a priority necessarily. If he got them great. If he didn't, I'm going to get this two stars, this three star and and have them play up to another level. And that's just not necessarily the case. And going back to what you said memes like if, even if you felt that way, why aren't you filling out the roster with three stars then? Like, let's, I I get you want to have you know, your blue chip ratio high, but, if you're not going to close a bunch of four and five stars, at least fill out your roster with two and three stars so you have enough bodies that you can go out there and coach some guys up. But you didn't do either of those things. Uh, so you start to wonder, um, to what you said, where do the priorities lie and what was the plan going out there and implementing that thing? So you know, to, to say he was in over his head, it in retrospect, seems like maybe that might have been the case. It's like this job was way bigger than you assumed. You took it thinking I could t- handle this. Because, hey, I can coach football. I know how to coach football. But it is different at different levels. Um, So let's shift gears a little bit here. Again, you guys are listening to the Auburn Express. You got Ike Jones sitting in for Mike G. Brandy Mack, Auburn memes in here. And we're going to kind of shift and talk a little bit about – we talked about the disadvantage that happened with Coach Harson and COVID. Did Coach Hugh Freeze have an advantage – not having to bowl kick Auburn did not make it to a bowl game uh all speculation out of the building was that they were going to turn down the bowl game anyway with all of the coaching staff uh upheaval that happened with coach Hugh Freeze coming in but they ultimately didn't qualify oddly enough because Liberty lost a game and it the the team North Texas I believe it was that won that game then became eligible for the bowl game instead of Auburn um but did Auburn have Was it good? Was it ultimately a good thing in this landscape for them to not have to worry about bowl preparation? I'll start with you on this
1: one, Memes, and then we'll get your opinion there, Brandy. Yeah, there was one projection. This was a few weeks before the season ended that uh, Auburn (coughs) could potentially end up playing UCF in some bowl. Yeah, that would be. Not going to lie. That would have been awesome. I would have been totally here for that. Yeah, no, I would not have been here for that. If you just the stories, just the stories write themselves. But yeah. But yeah, generally speaking though, just some some random bowl game where Auburn's playing Kansas or just somebody just out of total left field with five wins, a beat up Robbie Ashford, and who certain guys that may or may not opt into playing due to you know their NFL futures, a roster that's already just as depleted as this one is. I don't see how that bowl game gives anybody any advantage other than maybe Hugh gets to watch a little bit of the roster and just see a little bit more in-depth evaluation. But once again, don't know how much good that's going to really give you. So it's really weird to say. And then bowl games, what have they meant since the national championship? I mean, absolutely nothing. I mean, Auburn has lost far more than they've won, and no one's really cared either way. I mean, the only two that you have won were uh, Purdue and Memphis. So gonna love to see that so that this time to focus on recruiting staffing getting the culture right getting everybody rebought in and just totally rebuilding i guess i'm use the word culture again but just the uh everything top to bottom is is way more valuable right now than having a few meaningless practices for a game that it overall is going to be meaningless and i think you can see the momentum that Auburn is getting. and You've actually seen other uh, teams post about their frustration with some of these bowls. I know Florida fans specifically, when they got just absolutely waxed how mad they were that they uh, couldn't be focusing on recruiting things that matter because they were prepping for, in quotes, a stupid, meaningless bowl game. We should have not even played this. That was almost verbatim to what uh, many Florida fans are even saying. And there have been mm-hmm. other SEC schools that had similar sentiments. So Just the fact that you don't have that frustration, which could inevitably end up being an embarrassment if you did lose to a team that you really shouldn't have had business losing to like they had in many other previous bowl games. Uh, And now look what they've done in the recruiting trail. You don't have to worry about the cloud of a negative headline of, oh, you know, Auburn's looking like this or that, or they lost this embarrassing game. And rather you're controlling those headlines with nothing but good news of positive recruiting because the fact that you didn't make a bowl game, all that is scapegoated with the coaches that were all just let go. Mm-hmm. So having this time to do what they're doing, I mean, like I said, I think the results are speaking for themselves. But uh, and then I think the next the next uh, frontier they're going to have to hit is getting the transfer portal and doing that. You could really see a massive uh, turn on this team, and what Auburn had not seen so far. And we'll pause when we we'll get too far off track here. Is Hadn't seen a lot of guys really decommit or flip from Auburn. Granted, that's due to the volume of just not having many guys, but there's still a lot of guys on this team that we might potentially see transfer out once you see some of the dust settle. They once again have gotten more coming back from announcing transfer than they have actually lost to it, but there may be a whole new slew of drama that starts around this Auburn team after, which makes what once was one of the most boring times in college football really exciting and has tons of stories that y'all remember you know back in the day if all this transfer stuff happened and early signing day was the thing i mean december not a whole lot was happening aside from just reports of what uh what practice was looking like for a bowl game so it's a wild time compared to what it used to be at a not so distant past
0: yeah, it's definitely an interesting uh, change in the momentum of what things could potentially be going on right now, two years ago versus what's happening right now. It's a, it's a different time in the news cycle for college football. Brandy, what are your thoughts? Uh, bowl game, miss, but not a miss? Like, what, what are you feeling?
2: Yeah, I think it was a good thing that we didn't get a bowl game or it would have been a good thing for us to turn it down if we did. Um and I think that's mainly due to the fact that we needed to just fully shut the door on this chapter of Auburn football that has been the last two years in order to fully move on and not going out there and competing in a bowl game with, you know, a staff. I'm not, I'm not even sure what that staff would look like right. with the turnover that's happened at this point and um, both players and staff wise. So, you know, I think it was a good thing that we didn't go to a bowl game Because now not only can the staff focus fully on the future of Auburn football, so can a lot of these guys that are going to be back next year. Um, They don't have to worry about, you know, the whole hot seat lingering over their heads and wondering if their head coach is going to be there next season or not. They have a new head coach. They have a new staff that's being built out and they can see the talent now that's coming into Auburn for the future too. So I definitely think it was a good thing and it definitely benefited this staff and I think the players overall too. And just the PR from the um, outsider's perspective as well.
0: Yeah. So I listen, it was speculated again that they were going to take some sort of internal vote to determine whether or not they were going to take a bowl game if offered to them. And the vast majority of reports out of that said that they were going to turn it down, Um, which that lets you know they knew There's really no point in us doing this like they're like we can those kids, if they want to go take a trip to go play a game, maybe that's worth it. But outside of that, there's no benefit in us going and playing in a bowl game because the seniors that are on this team, either at this point, you either know whether or not you've got a shot or you don't. And you got the senior bowl still left. You got the combine still left. Another game isn't really going to change the fortunes of what you've got going on as far as your pro prospects. If you don't have pro aspirations, that's just another opportunity for you to put the jersey on and everything. But how good are we going to actually be in this game with half of the staff no longer here and guys potentially opting out? So you're just going to go out there and put your body at risk to play a game that you will likely get destroyed in. Um, Right. (laughs) And... You know, from the aspect of the coaches, how do you even prepare for this game when you've got new guys in, old guys out? It's just, it would have been logistically, it would have been a nightmare trying to figure out how to make this happen. So I think ultimately it was a good thing. And to, and to you all's point, it gave them more time to focus on the things that are happening right now as far as momentum is concerned. So definitely overall, a blessing in disguise that they didn't even have to say no thank you, but um, doesn't look like they were going to make the decision to say thank you in the first place. All right. Anybody got any last words about this? Definitely some um, interesting times going on on the plane, but any last words about any of this before we get out of here today?
2: Nothing for me. Just happy um, holidays. Merry Christmas.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you guys won't hear from us again before Christmas, so definitely a Merry Christmas. What you got,
1: Memes? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, of course... Merry Christmas or Merry Flipness, <laughs> as Trevon Reed would like to say, and mm-hmm. we've had a we've had a lot more flipness this year than we did last year. So once again, another highlight there. But uh, yeah, uh, we are recording the night before uh, early signing day, and we're uh, buckled up and ready for quite some stories to come out. And well, like we said, uh, the that this is no longer a boring, boring time, and at least we are on the exciting end. Of the uh, momentum that's churning out there, so ready, happy to see it. Hopefully, I'll be waking up feeling tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll be waking up tomorrow <laughs> feeling good, where I can really enjoy that. You see, it's it's hard, right? Struggle, bust, down, bad. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, like you said, you'll 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 feel better
0: mm-hmm. um, with a little bit more rest. But that's all right, right. Let's get out of here. We appreciate you guys listening. Once again, you are listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. Your guy, Ike Jones, sitting in for Mike G, Auburn memes, and Brandy Mac. We will be back at you guys very soon. But until the next time, and as always, War Eagle. War Eagle. Mary float.